Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb <laughs> I even, uh, I'd asked my brother-in-law, he hunts a lot, and I called him just before we recorded, and I said, have you ever eaten groundhog or woodchuck? And he said, no, he goes, I, and he didn't know anybody that ever had. He said, they're probably really fatty and gamey and people really don't eat them much and stuff. But I thought maybe he could tell me what it tasted like, but no luck. He just said, I had asked him, I said, would we even have them here in Michigan? He said, you can find them in the fields, you know, sometimes not that I'm going to go out and shoot one to like <laughs> test a recipe, but uh, I was curious. Yeah, if you get them around Groundhog's Day, it just like segues right into St. Patrick's Day stew. It's kind of perfect. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us once again today are special guests, Tabitha and Jonathan. Welcome back. Hi. Hi, glad to be here again. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Weren't you just here yesterday? <laughs> Don't know. Yes, every day. This is like the the twentieth day we've been here. I think. Yeah, playing the same tape. Welcome to the show, guys. And today we're here to talk about minute eighteen. Yeah. So so minute eighteen kind of picks up where we left off yesterday with with Phil trying to take a shower, uh, addressing the the lady of the house about the status of hot water for said shower and. They're playing our song. I got you, Dave. One more time. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we, we kind of started. We, we, we left off with the shower yesterday. We pick up with it today. And the, the one thing I think of is, so there are varying estimates. We haven't really gotten into it. Maybe we'll touch on it later in, in the movie of how many days phil lives through how many times does he repeat this groundhog day the estimates are from like from 10 years to ten thousand. basically does he go this whole time without a hot shower (laughs) he does you know that might explain a bad mood gosh (laughs) yeah you're right but on on the plus side i mean if he if it hasn't been too long since he's had a hot shower like I guess depending on how much you like showers and how much you like prepping or and you know the after shower experience, but but he could mm-hmm. be having all of this time without having to take any showers because it's because it not, stays clean. Yeah, because it's not like he's building it up or anything. He's not going three days without a shower. It's always if he goes without a shower, it's always just one day. Right. And did he have a shower last night? I would assume he would have. Uh, he would have showered last night to be ready to get up in the morning. You know, I was I was just wondering that, and we we talked about this in the beginning in terms of of how much he packs and how much he brings with him. And I said sometimes I will go, I will go, and if you think this is disgusting, fine. I will go a weekend trip without showering. I will shower Friday, you know, if I can, like late Friday, like Friday afternoon or Friday evening. I'll take a shower before heading out. I'll go someplace Friday night. I'll be there Saturday. I won't shower Saturday. 
And then Sunday, if I'm heading back early enough, like set, like, or if I'm heading back early on Sunday, like Sunday morning, I'll wait and then shower at home Sunday night. So in terms of calendar days, I shower Friday, I shower Saturday. I'm not doing too much to get dirty on Saturday, but that just re- reduces the overhead of how much I got to pack, how much I have to bring with me. You, and I'm, and we were thinking, well, we know Phil does not expect to spend more than one night in this town. Like he was probably not planning on, he wasn't planning on showering in Punxsutawney at all. Well, and then the, the, you know, the, the weather happens and all that. I hope he showered um, because he just, because I mean, the last thing we see him in Pittsburgh is, is doing his weather report and you've got, I'm sure there's like there's makeup for the TV cameras. There's the lights and everything. He's standing up. He's he's doing his motions of the air coming up from the south. Like I got to imagine there's some sweat happening there. Like that's something after you do live television, you need a shower. So I'm hoping he showered <laughs> yesterday before jumping in the van yeah. to come on over to Punxsutawney. Because that would yeah. be gross if he if he was all sweaty and dirty. And so his choices were either to stay sweaty and dirty for eternity or to take a cold shower. Like, yeah, that would be be tough. <laughs> I mean, at least, well, it's not like he's got 10,000 years of grime. So every morning right. he wakes up and he's only as dirty as he was that first morning. Mm. But I would think like, well, at some point he probably just stops. He's like, there's he he. Oh, understands what's going on. There wasn't hot water yesterday. There isn't going to be any hot water today. I mean, maybe he, we, we see him. He does make the acquaintance of some of the local women in Punxsutawney. Maybe some of that is just, hey, if I get her to take me home, I can take a shower at her place. <laughs> Ooh, smart. I mean, we, so, but, I mean, we don't see that, but I, and, and it's, it kind of goes backwards because as it goes on, he becomes nicer more outgoing, more self-aware. But I'm just thinking if I went 10 years without a hot shower, (laughs) I don't know what, you know, (laughs) I would not be as friendly as Phil is at the end of this. Yeah, probably. But maybe. Go, go. Sorry. Maybe he learned the, um, about the benefits of a cold shower. Cause you know, some people, they take cold showers all the time or they always end their hot shower with a cold, you know, with turning the water on cold and it's supposed to like increase alertness and ease stress and relieve depression over time and stuff, really. And so maybe, maybe it's part of him getting better over time. Maybe he embraces the cold shower and it just starts to relieve the depression and ease his stress. And it's part of him becoming a better person. The universe is just trying to get him to take a cold shower. Take a cold shower because it's good for you. <laughs> He needs yeah, he needs a spiritual cold shower that, yeah. that the universe is telling him by giving him a literal cold shower. Um, well, that would certainly fit into a lot of the other themes of the movie. Um, not only the looking inward for satisfaction and for a, a moral compass, but also uh, acceptance is, is a big thing, is a big theme that we'll see coming up. So accepting the lack of of hot water. Although I will say, I don't know when, you know, people that take cold showers on a regular basis, I don't know, is it really cold or is it just not hot? Do they do a lukewarm? <laughs> Cause this is the, so the hot water 
would normally be going through some kind of a heater or a hot water tank or something to heat it up. The cold water is coming in from the ground, kind of almost directly to the tap. It's as cold as it is outside. Yeah. And it is very cold outside mm-hmm. at this point. You know, it's early February. It's dead center, middle of winter, central Pennsylvania. It's cold enough that ice sculptures are, are sitting around outside. You can see people's breath. Like that cold water is going to be awfully cold. All right. So let's let's wind the scope, though. Now, Phil is not getting a, a, a warm shower. But is everyone in this house also cool with that? Like, like you go to this bed and <laughs> breakfast and you're like, all right, well, I guess we have cold showers. Like, like, and Mrs. Lancaster, she's not phased by the question. <laughs> so it's like, did everyone, she's like, oh no, of course yeah, not. Did yes. everyone in this bed and breakfast know did all like, I don't know what I, I think my last count was like 14 people in this house. Are they all just okay with that? Like, they're not going to put that in the review. Like, well, Mrs. Lancaster's bed and breakfast, uh, the, the the food and the coffee were fine, but don't expect a hot shower. <laughs> Do you think that the hot shower was because, like, there was no hot water because of the storm? Or do you think the influx of people maybe coming back and staying there because of the storm, everybody used up the hot water? You know, everybody's stressed because of the day and the storm. And so he's, like, at the end. So there would have been hot water. Well, she says not today. Like, it sounds to me like the the whole winter parking where you have to park on one side of the street one day and park on the other side of the street the other day. I think, like, maybe maybe they have, like, town water and it doesn't make any (laughs) sense for hot water. But but maybe they all share hot water. So only one side of the street can have hot showers on a day. I don't know. They only get hot water on on odd days. (laughs) And this being the second. Yeah, I am am open. I am open because... (laughs) In in my research, in my watching the movie, in reading about the movie, I have never come upon even an attempt at an explanation for why there's no hot water. You know, in terms of the storm, they haven't lost power. Well, it actually, it, the, it, there's blizzard all around them. It doesn't snow in Punxsutawney till the very end. So they, they're not getting hit by the blizzard. You could see like, okay, phone lines that connect to the outside world. The long distance lines are down. They have water. They have power. Their lights are on. So I mean, we don't know what, whether it's it's an electric heater or oil heater or what, you know, we don't know the mechanism by which the water gets hot, but we don't see any obvious impediment to heating water. And yeah, Mrs. Lancaster doesn't, she's not like, oh no, let me check on it. She's just like, oh no, yeah, there's no hot water. <laughs> There, there wouldn't be today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I. So I am open to any suggestions, any theories. To uh, you know, our guests, my co-host, the folks, the listeners, stop on by. Is it this is a good time to plug the Facebook group, uh, Gobblers Knob, which is our Facebook listeners group. If you want to stop by and and leave your own pet theory on what happens to the, the hot water on this day, which is the busiest day. I mean, let's let's be frank. This is the busiest yes. day of the year for for every business in this mm-hmm. town like i you know how many people are are visiting or are taking uh you know their vacation they're going on holiday to punks of 20 pa if it's not groundhog and that's what makes me think that everybody's used up the hot water before yeah. he got there there's just too many people so maybe that's just because it's yeah if he had if he had showered that morning maybe he's okay yeah. But he just waited too long. Now, if you if you want theories, I have one. But I do want to preface it by saying that <laughs> I definitely don't want to improve on this movie. I think it's it's brilliant. And I think the fact that they don't explain why any of this is happening is also brilliant. 
Um, but if I had to try and explain it, if I had to put a causation on it or something, I, I, I kind of got the feeling that I would pick Mrs. Lancaster as the, the universal pinpoint for, for what's going on here. It's not, I don't think she almost in the way of like, she's like a, like the Christmas spirits, you know, the spirit of Christmas past and present and future. I almost like she's like the mm-hmm. spirit of Groundhog Day and she's affecting this, but maybe she's like <laughs> just with her personality. She's not even aware that she's affecting this, that she's causing this in his life. But just the things that she says, the things when he talks to her in the morning, when he talks to her at night, you know, she says like, well, not today. You're like, you know, where we know, like that means like every day. Huh. And, you know, she's like, have a good sleep. She's the one that's always asking about his sleep. And I, I get this this weird feeling like she's maybe a, uh, not airheaded, but kind of like maybe an unaware spirit. She's the devil. I love it. Oh. You're saying Mrs. Lancaster is Great the devil. Theory, John. She's the uh, devil. I like it. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm, I'm going to throw, I'm, I'm tearing up all my notes for the rest of the movie. <laughs> This it, my outlook, my interpretation is entirely you've you've turned my world upside down. Mrs. Lancaster is the devil. Uh, I think I love Sean. it. I love it. <laughs> She's the reason. She does it. She's gonna be like, listen, you you abuse me with your talk of cappuccino and espresso. I'm gonna give you a cold shower. And I'm going to make you relive this day until you're nice to me. That's good. Because I actually put in my notes, I was thinking about when the day starts over, that it's interesting because today, especially if it was a Hallmark movie or something, there'd be some kind of chimes or bells dingling, or there would be that enchanted Santa Claus or person, you know. And so I was actually thinking at that moment that the the bartender was the the person because he sees him every day. I like the bartender and he just looks at him and he shakes his head and it was, but I was thinking the same kind of thing until he sees him being nice in the bar with people and, uh, and stuff that Mm -hmm. it was, but I like your Mrs. Lancaster theory better because the way she's just like, have a nice sleep. (laughs) Yeah. I guess if if you want to turn it that way, like she, she could totally be very like passive aggressive and like, Oh, not today. There's no hot water today. Of course not today. But, <laughs> of course, right. today. <laughs> what I like because you wouldn't you wouldn't suspect it. You think like if it was obviously a, a a great demon with horns and a bifurcated tail carrying a pitchfork. You're like, oh, that's obviously the bad guy. But no, it's just this sweet elderly woman who kind of you know either is not worldly or feigns ignorance at some of the things that that Phil talks about. She seems to be very. I guess slow in a way, maybe relaxed. I don't know. I don't want like not slow intellectually, but Phil's a very fast talker. He kind of slips in little zingers and jokes and sarcasms that if you're not paying attention, they seem to go right by and they seem to go by Mrs. Lancaster a lot. And maybe she's just, she lets him think that he's getting the best of her, that he's so clever but she's on to him oh, wow. this whole time. Right. Now, okay, so I like I, I kind of want to keep Groundhog Day separate, but I guess since we're kind of down that road, she does have a resemblance to the the Christmas spirit, uh, you know, the of what the present, the I forget how they say that, but but so, so she does have that like absent-minded like living in the now 
she doesn't really catch everything that he's mm-hmm. saying because she's just where she's at. Is there like the bartender? Would he be the spirit of like the past? Is there any equivalent here in this movie? We got the past, <laughs> present, and the future. I guess he could be the past. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's a lot like uh, Carol Kane's oh, right. character yep. in Scrooged, where she is the, the the ghost of Christmas present, and and like you said, she's very she's very much in. I that know area. who the ghost of Christmas past is. Come on, of 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 of, uh, of Phil's past. Come on. Oh, well, yeah. Case yeah, Western yeah. High. Yeah. I did your right. sister till you told me not to. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Bing! Bing. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't see Mrs. Lancaster as being evil. I don't look at it as... No, I, have I like to be the devil in order to make the yeah. I like, I like her go. just. I like her just like she's completely affecting this and doesn't even know it. Like I, I like, like looking at it that way. I mean, she's like a benevolent spirit. She's killing with kindness and stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I meant. I meant. I meant <laughs> the devil. In the she's making. She's making him into a better man. He's gonna. Yeah. Be a better man. I'm not gonna sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> To, I mean, not that the devil needs me to, to you know, to, to come to his or, or her defense, but I mean, what what's the devil about? The devil is about, you know, self-realization, self-reliance to in, in an enlightened manner, not not a selfish manner, but in in change in a good way. I think it can be, um, you know, it, can, it isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's yeah, I like Mrs. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. <laughs> you know, so that's the first 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of minute 18. Yeah. Well, he does come out and calls her yo mama. I'm going to just say. <laughs> yeah. He says yo mama. <laughs> yo mama. Yeah. He's just so rude. <laughs> by, by the way, I got I didn't say it, but that 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 jump out of the tub is like risk level one thousand. Oh, I oh, totally yeah, yeah. agree. I would fall and hit my head. Sweet, bam! <laughs> and that would have made it even better if he would have slipped. And he's like grabbing the shower curtain, and the whole thing falls down on him or something. Oh. It would have been good. <laughs> I, do, I do like. Yeah, I do like the this community is... level of shampoo that we have in there. Like, oh, you know, we, we know that he probably didn't plan on bringing all this stuff with him. So that's like everybody else's stuff sitting in there. <laughs> and who doesn't test their water before they turn the shower on them? I always feel for the water before I turn it yeah. on. For for just that reason. Yeah. Yeah. For that reason. He's living on the edge. I won't sing the song. Yeah. It's it's funny because we actually we, we, we talked about it what was it like minute seven or eight, the the first morning when Phil wakes up in Puxatawney and he doesn't he obviously doesn't have his own shower, but he's got a little basin, he's got a sink in his room and he, he he washes off his face. And we at that point we had talked about do you do a you know cold or refreshing cold water splash? Do you want warm water and everything else? And and at the time I said I want the warm water. I let it run if it takes a while. And I am with you, Tabitha, on this for the the shower. I am definitely checking it. I'm not getting in and then turning yeah. knobs. I'm turning knobs and then I want to see what I'm you know what I'm in for. 
I've thought about, you know, doing the whole turning it to cool at the end of the shower because they say it's good for your hair and your skin and all that. And there's no way. I just can't even <laughs> I can't even do it. Even when it's hot in the summertime, I don't have my shower water blazing hot, but I just can't even take a cold shower. I just like I, to be warm. <laughs> I honestly think my landlord for this I, I share I have an, there's, an, there's another apartment in this building and there's two storefronts underneath. But I think the the water heater is probably the size of like a bucket because that's what it feels like sometimes. Because like I will I will like turn the shower on and then I'll just sit on the toilet and I'll just look at Twitter and then I'll just reach around and touch the uh, the water. Is it hot enough yet? Eh, it's getting there. And then I'll give it another five minutes. And then it's like <sighs> at best, I'm getting cold room temperature. I'm like, all right, I gotta move this along. Ours is supposed to. Yeah, you can't even fill a tub in our house, and our hot water heater is gone. So. If you have any company besides our family of five, we have to have a plan or you get a cold shower. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty good. We have um, – well, we have a lot of electrical problems. Uh, my wife and I, we moved a few years ago and three, four times a year we lose power. And I figured out that our hot water tank, we've got about two showers worth. I mean, and when I say power go out, we've had – I mean, even so far this year in in 2018, we already had an instance where the power was out for 36 hours. Oh wow! And yeah, so I mean, we are we we've made arrangements. We're gonna have a generator put in just because we need it. But um, like a whole house thing wired in, it'll kick sure. on automatically, kind of thing. But yeah, we we figured out we can get there's there's enough insulation that we're good for about 24 hours. You can still at least get warm, even if it's not piping hot. And yeah, there's enough water we can do. I don't know. I haven't tried to fill a tub, but we can get like two quick showers in on one tank before, uh, before it's time to like check into a hotel. But yeah, got to do, got to do the hot shower. You got to turn the water and it's probably not good. You're probably wasting some water while it's flowing and you're on the outside. So don't let it long, you know, don't let it run longer than you have to. But I will admit I'll turn on the shower first. Definitely. And then kind of stick a hand in. I'm more sure. concerned about the wiring in your house. Is your house going to blow up? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I mean, it's not just us. It's like the whole neighborhood. And I don't want, yeah, it's not like our house is dark and everyone else is. It's no power to copper wet. tube. Like, like there's, what is going on up there? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. And it's, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. And the, the power lines in my neighborhood are underground. So it's not like we've got telephone poles and, and there's tree branches that are hitting the wires or anything. Well, there's no wires on the street. Figure it out. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe a groundhog is like chew through Gosh. the wires or something. But yeah, since yeah, since we moved, I think it's we're coming up on five years. Like we have two or three times a year we lose power for and it's not storm related days for like. Did you guys say like a wind comes through? <laughs> I mean, usually there is a usually there is a storm, but it's not like it's not like storm of the century thing. It's not it, this in my mind. The storms usually aren't bad enough for the amount of power that we lose. I don't know what the deal is. Like I said, we're okay. we're gonna we're getting a generator as soon as spring comes and the ground thaws. We'll have that put in, and then like then we'll never lose power ever again okay. because we'll All be right. prepared for it. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I I don't know what it is about this particular neighborhood that the eh, yeah I mean sometimes if it's like it's a bad blizzard sometimes it's just a windy day 
or rain, like who knows? It's one of those things. You better, yeah, you better talk to Essie Angerman and get some mimes over there to help you <laughs> get that put back together. <laughs> get things going. Yeah, yeah. We'll get. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, That's mimes what I are heard. Good labor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we doing it? Are we ready for the for the flip? Are we ready for the? Yeah. So this is. Moving on to Sonny and Cher, I Got You, Babe, uh, written by Sonny Bono in, uh, was it 65? I should probably know more about this. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so we see the same old alarm clock flips from 5.59 to 6. We see the same same mints, the same chocolates that Phil did not eat the Mm -hmm. night before or on the nightstand. And let's we and it's the same thing. We hear it with the DJ rise and shine. It's cold out there today. <laughs> what is going on? I noticed Phil. Uh, yeah, be, maybe because of that, he doesn't get out of bed as fast as he did on our first iteration, if you will. Like he was very quick to get mm-hmm. out, and this time he did not. Yeah, he's pretty confused. Yeah. Now we see we see his even his pajamas. Have a collar and lapel, whereas the shirt he was wearing last night at the bar did not. But yeah, so he instantly knows, which I I wonder, and I was watching this and I was thinking like, how much would I remember Mm -hmm. of a day? Like, it's certainly at this point, like just waking up first thing in the morning, I just, you know, I would know that there was noise that I set an alarm and it's making noise and it's waking me up. But he see he instantly recognizes what the folks are saying, what the DJs are saying, and that they've yeah. said it before. I think his line of work that he's you know very focused on uh, you know other similar media's. So he's I think he's immediately judging them, and are, I mean he he immediately recognizes he's like what you guys are playing yesterday's tape, you know like slackers, you know. Uh, I think he's. I was yeah. I was wondering is there because of that is there anything that you think he enjoys watching or listening to? Jeopardy. That's a good Jeopardy. question. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, like that could have been the, that was like the billion iteration by the time. But um, <laughs> I, I think I might have asked that question earlier. Like, what is what is Phil's definition of fun? If not like hiring escorts to sleep with him? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem. Hmm. I don't know. Well, this is so. This is interesting. I'll, I'll, I don't think we've talked about this yet. One of the things from the original script that didn't make it into the movie is the thing that Phil does to keep track of time and keep track of how many days uh, that he, he relives the same groundhog day is he reads a page from the book. And in the original script, there was, there was sort of a reading room or a lounging area in the bed and breakfast that one wall was floor to ceiling books or floor to ceiling bookshelves covered with books and every day he would read one page and then the next time through he would read the the next page and go through the first book the second book and so on and that's how he kept track of how many days he had been through oh wow i don't know if that necessarily if we should mean that that phil was a big reader in his everyday life but at least something that he um something that he kind of grabs onto as a way to keep kind of keep track of things and help keep his sanity while he's going through these loops was was reading. Oh, I kind of like that. 
That's a uh, good idea. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of interesting and the the script got a major rework. One of the things when Danny Rubin wrote the script, he didn't know anything other than there's this town called Punxsutawney and they have Punxsutawney Phil and they have a Groundhog Day festival. And then after he hooked up with Ramus and they decided, okay, we're going to actually make this, uh, Ruben visits, visit Punxsutawney. They actually visit and he watches one of the festival to get an idea of what they really do. And there was a, you know, a lot of stuff that he had said that didn't apply. There were a lot of things that they actually do that he brings in. Example, the, the ice sculptures that we'll see later is something that he saw that they actually, that was an idea taken from the real town that they actually do. They have ice sculptures of groundhogs and stuff, but yeah. So he, he takes, yeah. So the, the fill in the, in the script, in the original script was a bit of a reader. And then the, the kind of the end point on that is he celebrates a birthday. He, what he calls a birthday when he gets to the end of the shelf, like the last shelf, the last book, and it's time for him to start over again. He kind of celebrates that day huh. as his birthday. Wow. I just realized I'm a month late for the ice sculpture yeah. festival. Damn. <laughs> I was sorry. I just I was just saying about ice sculptures and I was like, oh yeah, there's yeah. that one festival. When is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, January. Okay, I'm not even close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Damn, you all right, next year. But yeah, so is there is there anything that Phil does like? I don't, I, I certainly, I don't think Phil's the kind of guy that would get into something like this. I think he, um, in his ordinary life, before he gets stuck in this loop, and maybe this is part of why this particular, why, why Mrs. Lancaster chooses this particular path <laughs> for Phil's enlightenment. Probably, I get the feeling, the type of guy he like, he watches a movie once. If he yeah. reads, he reads a book once. He doesn't go through. He doesn't dig deeper. He he doesn't do things over and over again. He kind of feels like, I did it, done, check it off the yeah. list, move on. He definitely got a lot more enrichment in his life as he goes on from day to day. Definitely. Oh, we In this minute, we see a lot of that Groundhog Day color 1166. Yeah. We got the, rose, the little flowers on his nightstand. We got his pillows. We got like all the towels are that color just about. Yeah, there's the the light lampshades um, by the sink when he's he's rinsing his face. There's all yeah that kind of those those shades, um, that neutral color does does seem to come up. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah, and so one of the things we'll see, one of the things that I'll I'll pull on, and one of the things I think is um, not I don't think it's something that they intended. Not something that. Um, that Harold Ramis was thinking about in directing the movie, but I think something that kind of comes out of it is the the stages of grief. the The Kubler Ross model is the the formal name for that that those five stages: the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance um, for the stages of grief. And I think we're going to see Phil mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. those stages. And, you know, so we're, we're at the very beginning of that cycle. So we're certainly, we're certainly in the denial stage. And so I just, I just mentioned that as something as we, as we watch these minutes and as we move forward through these cycles with Phil, something to keep an eye on and and we can track as he moves through those different phases. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's good. So I have one last question for this minute. 
I know we're, get, we're okay. getting longer, so I don't want to go too much with, into it. But mm-hmm. is six o'clock in the morning, is that like a universal constant? Or is, is that like, because he chose to get up at six o'clock the first time, is, was that like the universe like saying, well, you did something right, so we're just going to keep doing that, but you're messing everything else up. So, or it, what is, why, why is six o'clock the time, I guess? Is it simply a repetition? Yeah, I, I think it's just a repetition that that's what he did the first time through. Like, I don't think that I don't think there's anything special about about that time. It's not like, well, if what if he had set his clock for five forty five? Would this not have happened? Would he have missed missed the loop? Or yeah, I don't know. It's the witching hour. I mean, as a practical matter, it's just a nice round number. The again, going back to the the first version of the script written by Ruben, it was originally six thirty, and just seeing the clocks flop over from six twenty nine to six thirty just doesn't have the same sure. the same appeal. You don't have like it isn't every digit changing. Whereas when you go to a new hour. The everything's changing from five fifty nine to six. Just on the practical side of why they chose, you know, why is it that time in the movie? It's just that's that's a nice change. The change of an hour is is more dramatic to see that on the clock or more noticeable than like a six twenty nine to six thirty type change. And then kind of in the on the interpretive side, I don't know if there's anything special. It was just yeah, I would say just that's what he did the first day. And so that's what keeps happening. God, you know what I would love, uh, but I don't know if we're ever gonna actually ever see anything like this. It was the mints, right? So we always talk about how we you, we would talk about those mints on the the doily next to the the the, the clock. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever see that, but it would be so cool if like you get this. It's five fifty nine, and you get to see those mints as, as like balled <laughs> up little used wrappers, <laughs> and you do like a real quick frame switch as soon as six o'clock happens. Like the reset to to salad <laughs> on the table, like that would be so creepy. Like he was at five fifty nine, he was at February third, and then six o'clock, it like the world just resets for him. It would be so creepy. You'll have to watch for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we never see him like try to stay up all, or or stay up all night. We never see him at 5:59. Yeah. Like what if he sits there like at 5:59, he then eats the mints. Then like what happens at 6? Do they jump out of his throat? Like <laughs> the or is it like the same mints come out of his body and then reform on the nightstand like what would happen if yeah. he was awake oh, at that moment? Yeah, if if Jim Carrey was in this movie, we would get that scene. And we would get him like like fighting against the chocolates, trying to keep them in his mouth, and they're trying to. <laughs> I think it, for this movie, I think it would just all start over, you know, because he dies later and everything. There's weird stuff in his body, probably, <laughs> and he just starts over. I don't know. I think it just start over. But I do like that they use this kind of clock. It's a lot more dramatic instead of using a digital clock i mm-hmm. i just like the flipping of the numbers my grandparents used to have a clock like that and i just lay there and watch the numbers flip <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i like I, this i actually am really excited to talk about the moments when he starts killing himself because of that because we're going to be dealing with that like he's dead but the day's still not done yet i think there's an interesting gray area with that yeah you know like we we get to see people act after the fact that he's dead, like it's it's like the even the day itself doesn't revolve around him, even if he has killed himself off. It's like, oh, we're still doing the day, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, we're still, 
I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get into that detail, but I'm very excited to where yeah, when he starts doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, um, all right. Yeah, that's that's my minutes for minute 18. I'm ready to see uh, what happens uh, if uh, those guys still talk about their chapped lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think um, we, we've got more kind of more of the same stuff we can we can talk about it tomorrow. But yeah, I'm, I'm good on my notes for, for 18 as well. Yep. Um, so thank you once again, listeners. And thank you, Tabitha and Jonathan, for, for joining us. And so this time, once again, if folks want to hear more of your insightful commentary on, on another great movie, actually two great movies, where can they find you? Uh, the princess bride minute.com. You can find the, the entire show is done and you'll, you'll find everything there. You can listen from start to finish. And uh, David Johnson and I are working on UHF 62nd. And maybe by the time you hear this, it, it might be, there might be some kind of episodes out. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this well after it's already posted, then hopefully UHF 62nd is out there. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. And I just hang around wherever. So <laughs> you can find me in a listener's group somewhere. Gobbler's Knob. I'm there. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Um, that's it for us. We like to thank you all for listening. And we will see you tomorrow if there is one. Nice going, Dave. You're playing yesterday's episode. Oh. Yo mama. <laughs> Let them say your hair's too long.